Some wonderful truths from God's word to begin. First, Jesus himself, who said this. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asks. Job powerfully declares this. I know that my Redeemer lives And that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. And finally from the Apostle Paul. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, can I uh, welcome you to St. John's uh, this evening for this special commemoration service. Um, uh, Welcome to you. I know some of you are watching um, online and it is good to have you with us as well. Uh, I can also welcome Paul Morley. Uh, He's playing the organ uh, for us this evening. Paul has uh, stepped in uh, very uh, quickly at short notice um, because Mike Jones um, uh, sadly was taken unwell uh, earlier today. He was playing uh, elsewhere and was taken unwell. He's doing all right. He's just got to have some tests. He's in hospital overnight. Uh, but we're grateful for Paul uh, for being here and enabling us to uh, commemorate um, the, late Maj- uh, the late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II uh, in this way and in his playing. Before we begin, why don't I pray for Mike and, um, and then we'll, we'll start. Father, we thank you that Paul uh, is here and able to play for us and we pray for Mike uh, we pray that uh, uh, he would know your presence with him, that you would make him well, uh, and that you would enable those who are looking after him and assessing him uh, uh, to make the right assessments, and that you would allow them to use their skill uh, uh, to help him. So we commit him to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, uh, in the name of Christ, who died and was raised to the glory of God the Father, grace, mercy, and peace be with you. We meet this day to remember before God our late sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth, to renew our trust and confidence in Christ, and to pray that together we may be one in him, through whom we offer our prayers and praises to the Father. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. And uh, I'm going to invite you to stand for our first hymn, The Lord is My Shepherd.
please be seated. Simple happenings that form the starting point of the life of Jesus, a man whose teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. there comes the presentation to her of the Bible upon which she took her oath. Our gracious Queen, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, The Most Valuable Thing, with the world afford. Here is wisdom, this is the royal law, these are the lively oracles of God. I hope that like me you will be comforted by the example of Jesus of Nazareth, who often in circumstances of great adversity managed to live an outgoing, unselfish and sacrificial life. He makes it clear that genuine human happiness and satisfaction lie more in giving than receiving, more in serving than in being served. We can surely be grateful that 2,000 years after the birth of Jesus, so many of us are able to draw inspiration from his life and message and to find in him a source of strength and courage. Jesus Christ lived obscurely for most of his life and never traveled far. He was maligned and rejected by many, though he had done no wrong. In his early thirties, he was arrested, tortured and crucified with two criminals. His death might have been the end of the story, but then came the resurrection and with it the foundation of the Christian faith. Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive.
Well, we're going to hear from that word that uh, meant so much uh, to our Queen now as Debs comes to read uh, from 2 Corinthians. So the Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 to chapter 5, verse 10. This can be found on page 1160 in the Church Bibles. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be be to God. God. Thank you, Debs. Do keep that uh, Bible passage open if you've got it in front of you, and we shall pray as we come to it. Heavenly Father, we pray now that you would open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word, and so fix our eyes on what is not seen, your coming kingdom, that we may live by faith and bring you glory, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. A welcome to you this evening as this service of commemoration of our late Queen. 
when I first saw that video a few days ago, I was uh, so moved uh, by the way that over the years, uh, the Queen has testified quietly but persistently to her own faith in Jesus Christ. Often that has come across in her Christmas messages, uh, apparently the uh, communication in which she has the most personal involvement. Of course, often she has uh, or had uh, speeches written for her, given to her, as she fulfilled uh, her obligations as our monarch and representing our nation. But in those annual Christmas uh, talks, we got something more of what moved her, what was most precious to her. Apparently, in the earlier years uh, of the Christmas messages, she was discouraged by her assistants uh, from saying anything too personal about her own faith. But as she persevered over the 70 years uh, of her reign, uh, doubtless she felt the confidence to ignore such advice in the more recent years and to be much more plain about the one she trusted And we heard uh, in those messages over the years how she looked to Jesus Christ uh, as her example, particularly as the one who came not to be served but to serve. Uh, She listened to his word and built her uh, life firmly on the foundation of his teaching. She spoke uh, in the last quotation that was included uh, in that video of Jesus in his unique role as the saviour of humankind, the one who comes to rescue us from the mess in which we uh, habitually uh, get ourselves into. And uh, again in that uh, video, uh, we heard these words. The resurrection, she said, is the foundation of the Christian faith. And so as we turn to this passage of Paul, the apostle, uh, in 2 Corinthians, the reason for choosing it uh, is that it was one of the set readings at the commemoration service for the Queen's father, uh, the late King George VI. Uh, And so although it didn't appear in the official service uh, for this time round, uh, particularly chiming in uh, with the Queen's testifying to her own faith uh, and particularly the way in which she spoke of the resurrection as the foundation of faith, It seemed a particularly good one to spend a few minutes in this evening. And so tonight, though we're here to commemorate our Queen as we hear the word of God, we are, of course, here to listen to what God will say to us. Our Queen would encourage us not to put our faith in her, but rather in the one in whom she exercised her own faith, Jesus Christ, his word, the Saviour, the great example, and above all, the risen King who is the ground of our faith. That's where we find uh, the connection with the Apostle Paul. Uh, We see in uh, these verses, uh, Paul begins, uh, I believed, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, he says. And that's quietly but persistently what we've heard over the years from our Queen. She believed and so she spoke as she had opportunity uh, to do so. Uh, apparently she had a, a command of the scriptures. Uh, woe betide the minister who misquoted uh, a passage. She would always correct uh, that preacher after the service. Uh, so we're told she was well grounded in God's word. Well, so then uh, we will attend to the scriptures after her own example. A faith, you see, uh, as we've seen in her and as it will be for us, uh, is verbal. If we believe in Jesus Christ, that he is our saviour, that he is our risen king, then we will speak of it. 
just as she did, uh, gently, quietly, uh, and uh, respectfully, but we will speak. This is the first point uh, that I want to make to you this evening. And as we go through, very briefly, just seven observations about what real faith is. I won't draw explicit connections with our Queen for each one of them, but rather we'll look at the source, Jesus Christ and his Apostle, uh, as he directs us to put our faith in Jesus Christ today. Have we trusted in Christ? Well, then we will speak of him. Uh, That is the example we have seen. Because he lives, I will live. We hear that promise of the Lord Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And so as we come to put our trust in Jesus Christ, we have the sure hope of our own resurrection, as certain as his We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence, says Paul. Jesus is risen. We put our trust in him. We will rise as well. It's that simple. And as we trust in him, so we speak of that glorious truth. Faith is a strengthening thing. Therefore, Paul says, we do not lose heart. And we trust in Christ. Uh, We have uh, an anchor in a firm place. We're built uh, on a rock. Uh, When the storms come, we will not be pushed away or driven aside. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow, as we sing in the old hymn. Even in an Annus Horribilis, uh, which was so famously the Queen's experience some years ago, and more publicly than any of us uh, could possibly imagine She lived her life with the many trials that came her way uh, in public view. She did not lose heart. We did not lose heart, not because of the greatness of her character, because, because of the one in whom she put her trust. We do not lose heart, though inwardly, outwardly rather, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory, that far outweighs them all. If you know anything of the life of the Apostle Paul, uh, you'll know that light and momentary would not be the obvious description for the troubles that he faced. Uh, Just in the few verses before the reading uh, that Deb's brought to us, he says this, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. A life of Jesus bringing the strength to face the trials. Hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. And yet he describes that here as light and momentary troubles. In contrast to what is coming. That is, uh, our faith is uh, fixed on the future kingdom that God is going to bring. That is why we pray, our Father in heaven, your kingdom come. It's not here yet. And so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary. It seems the opposite to us. It seems to us that what is seen is the thing that lasts, a thousand-year monarchy, a 70-year reign. And in the end, everything that we see is temporary. It is only the kingdom of God, that which is unseen, the resurrection age, that Jesus will return to inaugurate, that is eternal. 
that is heavy, as it were. That is eternal. In comparison to that, therefore, our present troubles, light and momentary. Our faith is future-oriented. Our faith is personal. We know, he says, that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. We have a vague uh, sense that maybe things will work out all right, but we know, because we know that Jesus is risen from the dead, and we know that he has promised that we will rise if we put our trust in him. Therefore, we know that if this earthly tent, that is our human body, is destroyed, well, then their eternal home that he is going to give to us, not built by human hands, is kept for us, and we will one day receive it. Jesus promised, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, that you may come and be with me where I am. Jesus' promise is trustworthy. Our faith may be personal and sure. We too will go to be with God as long as we have put our trust in Christ. There's an honesty about faith here as well. We groan and are burdened, Paul says. He longs uh, to come into his heavenly inheritance, but he's conscious uh, of his body beginning to fail him, uh, of all the discouragements and weariness and perplexities uh, that surround him and that we have our own measure of in our lives as well. When those things come, we don't put on a fixed smile. No, we acknowledge that we groan and are burdened. Faith is honest. And as we pray to him, as we meet with each other for encouragement, so real faith is grounded, as I say, not in the fixed smile, but in the shared life and the crying out to the Lord from the depths of our hearts that may go through seasons of brokenness and darkness. But as we long for the resurrection and are confident that that day will come, as we know the Holy Spirit at work within us, he who comes as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, well, so we find that encouragement and strengthening that goes alongside our honesty. Faith is a longing thing. We live by faith and not by sight. We are confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. To be a Christian, to be someone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ, is to long to see him. And we love someone and we're separated from them by a great distance. We long to be with them. And until that day comes, our hearts are yearning. So it is multiplied infinitely with our Savior. We long to be with him. And we shall be with him. We shall see him face to face as we are confident that our sister, our queen, does even now. As we wait for that day, uh, so in that longing, uh, we know that the best is yet to come. It doesn't make us miserable. It makes us finally active. We make it our goal to please him, uh, whether we're at home in the body or away for it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him. For the things done well in the body, whether good or bad, to trust in Jesus Christ is to know our sins forgiven. It is to receive a place in the kingdom of God. It comes as a gracious gift, freely given. 
And we receive that gift simply by faith in all these uh, uh, manifold uh, uh, representations of it. But although we are saved by God's grace alone and we put our trust in him, that faith that responds to grace is eager to please the giver. As we look to Jesus' example, so we want to follow it. As we see his humility, so we want to learn humility of our own. As we see his love of others, as we see his servant heart, so we long to be more and more like him. We are eager to please him. We make it our goal to do so. This is faith. We've seen an example of it. As I said this morning, we've been privileged to see an example of that in our sister Helen, who went home to be with the Lord a few weeks ago from our own congregation. There won't be billions tuning into her funeral service on Friday. But her faith was just as real and just as much of an encouragement to us. So as we look at these great women of God who have gone before us, let us, like them, fix our eyes Not on those around us, not on our own lives, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, or rather him who is unseen, our risen Lord whose kingdom is coming. And let the testimony of Paul be an encouragement for us to grow in our faith, that it may be something to which we testify, it's verbal, that which gives us encouragement and strengthening, that looks to the future Make sure that we've trusted in Christ ourselves and not simply shared in the inheritance of others. Let's be honest in our faith, longing for the day when it shall find its fulfillment in seeing the Lord and active until that day comes, that we may be found not idle, but rather serving him until his kingdom dawns. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, once again, we thank you for our Queen and especially the example of her faith in you. Just as she pointed us uh, to you you as our Saviour, so we pray that we might trust in you, know you to be our resurrection, our Lord, our living Saviour, and grant that we may trust you in all these ways, grow in our faith, live and love to your praise and glory. Amen. We sang this morning and we're going to sing again now the uh, hymn that has been especially written for uh, this commemoration of our Queen. So would you please stand as we sing Tears and Celebrations.
Please be seated. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. And for glory to your people Israel. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, show us your mercy. And grant us your salvation. O Lord, save the King. And mercifully hear us when we pray for you. Endow your ministers with righteousness. And make your chosen people joyful. O Lord, save your people. And bless your inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, cleanse our hearts and revive us by your Holy Spirit. Merciful Father and Lord of all life, we praise you that we are made in your image and reflect your truth and light. We thank you for the life of our late Sovereign Lady, Queen Elizabeth for the love that she received from you and showed among us. Above all, we rejoice at your gracious promise to all your servants, living and departed, that we shall rise again at the coming of Christ. And we ask that in due time we may share with your servant Elizabeth that clearer vision promised to us in the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies and giver of all comfort, deal graciously, we pray, with all who mourn. Please be with the members of the royal family, this nation, and all the nations of the Commonwealth, that casting all our care on you, we may know the consolation of your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, bless our sovereign Lord, King Charles, and all who are in authority under him, that they may order all things in wisdom and equity righteousness and peace to the honour of your name and to the good of your church and people 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God our creator and redeemer. By your power Christ conquered death and returned to you in glory. So confident of his victory and claiming his promises. We entrust your servant Elizabeth into your keeping. In the name of Jesus our Lord who though he died is now alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please would you stand and we are going to sing our God, uh, O God, our help in ages past and our hope for years to come.
And so may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.